All right, back on the show, Chelsea Hackett. How you doing today, Chelsea? I'm good. Thank you for having me again. No doubt, no doubt. I think we've done every fight since we have. you turned pro, right? Yeah, I've, I seriously love talking to you. You're just we just talk. <laughs> we just you get me pumped up for every fight, so I love right, it. That's that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get you pumped up for your fights, you know, so you perform well. Hey, uh, before we get into your last performance, I wanted to talk about um something I saw online from ESPN Africa. I don't, uh, it's Africa, right? But they listed you as one of the top five UFC fighters to watch in Australia. But it's kind of ironic because you're not in the UFC yet, but they <laughs> list you as a UFC fighter. Uh, what do you think about that, that list? That's, Have you seen it? Was that Africa? So I think so, it was Africa. Or was it Australia? Yeah, so, um, I don't know. All I remember was, so Reese, my manager, sent the article to me and as soon as I saw that it was ESPN, I was like, oh, like, what's this? I opened it up. And I seriously, like, had goosebumps. Like, I was just like, this is crazy. And then to see, like, the names under me, they are all UFC fighters, like Alex, Jimmy Crew. Like, yeah. so to put be put amongst that group is just, like, it's hectic. But, yeah, I'm like, I'm not even in the UFC yet, but thank you. Yeah, definitely. Hey, that's good for anybody. Anybody that is not in the UFC, but you make a UFC list, that's good for, you know, whoever that is, right? Uh, but 100%. does it validate you a little bit more, you know, in your eyes? Like, hey, you know, this is where people see me going. So it's yeah. like, hey, I'm going to be there. Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me was I've always seen that potential in myself and I've always believed in myself. So... Um, to see now that other people, uh, like you said, like it just validates that what I'm doing is, you know, I'm on the right track and I'm winning fights and people, uh, they're listening and they're watching. So, yeah, I mean, every article that comes out that I read and I see my name like on a list like that, um, yeah, it just gives me that added confidence um, to just keep going and keep pushing because I've always I've always had that in myself um so yeah it's so good seeing other people you know get around it as well yeah when you see fighters reach the highest level you know the the, the top five percent uh like uh Zhang Wei Li she I was recently yeah. talking to one of her original coaches and he was telling me from the beginning she had this self-confidence she had this un un I don't know, unrestricted confidence in yep. herself that she's going to reach the top and be the champion. Look where she is right now. He compared her to like Conor McGregor, right? Like that he has yep. that confidence. And, yep. you know, where does that come from, though? Like you have it from the beginning. Where does that come from? Yeah, I think it honestly comes from hard work, you know, like doing the work and training your ass off. Like that's where confidence comes from. And I do, I get messages all the time from girls that you know they're fighters and they're early on in their careers and and they ask me that exact question like how do you get more confident how all of the like how do you believe in yourself and all I say is if you are confident in the work you are doing you are going to be confident in the fight if you don't do the work in training you're not going to be confident so I think you really have to just do the work and that's where my confidence started and has come from from the get-go as soon as I started fighting I was always doing the work so um that 100% helped me like with my self-belief um 
like really early on in my career. And I think the other thing is experience. The more you fight, the more confident you get, the more comfortable you are in that environment. So that helps as well. But for me, um, it's 100% just putting the work in and being confident in, you know, what you're doing day in, day out. And that's going to make you confident for the fight. All right. Well, Eternal 49, the fight, second round, you got the finish. But the first round was pretty wild. You played in Nicole's guard. Were, were you in trouble at any moment of that first round? No, not at all. Like, I was super chilled. And I think in the fight, um, who was I fighting before that? In When I fought Danielle Hayes and we went to ground and that was like a full three-round fight, um, I really got my groove with the ground and um, I felt really strong. Like, I just felt like my wrestling had come so far in that fight. That was a big turning point. Uh, like for my confidence on the ground. So obviously like um, BJJ is newer to me than striking. So it was it was a great fight for me to walk out and just be like, you know what, if I fight girls that um, whatever belt in BJJ or they've done BJJ, as long as I've done striking, it's totally cool. Like I'll have them there and I'll, and I'll feel comfortable there. So, you know, in the first round with Nicole, when – I, I also love the cage. I don't know what it is, but, like, um, I love cage work and I love pinning my opponents up on the cage and, and kneeing and elbows. And that's where I get my little bit of Muay Thai in there because, you know, in Muay Thai clinches, you're always working, you're always kneeing, you're always elbowing. It's never a stalemate. So in that transition to MMA, I've really found my um, my love for cage wrestling. Like, I really like that. So... But, yeah, when I got into Nicole's guard, I was super calm. I, I stayed very calm and level-headed in my fights. So at no point did I think, oh, shit, I'm in trouble. What's going to happen? And I didn't I didn't react, you know, under pressure. Like, I just stayed super calm, um, listened to my corner. And, yeah, that was fine. With the knees, you know, in Japan and parts of Asia, you can ground, you can do grounded knees, right? And yeah. in you know in in the Western world, that's not that's a legal move. Do you like the grounded knees? That's the question I'm going to ask you. Do you do you think they should be in the rule set? Do you mean knees to the head or the body? Knees to the head. Oh, I've never thought about that. Hey, I mean, like I would love to knee someone in the head on the ground, <laughs> but I wouldn't like to be kneed on it in the head. Sure. So it's like, yeah, I think if that was if if that rule, you know, if we could do that, then people's games would change pretty quickly. Yeah. Um, I, I had no idea that they did that over there. Yeah, I think for someone like you who has incredible knees, yeah. for somebody to pin somebody against the fence and then be able to knee them like while they're turtled up, that's, yeah. you can get finishes oh, real yeah. easily at that position. A hundred percent. I totally agree. I mean, now you're making me think about it and I, I really want that. <laughs> <laughs> A lot yeah, of people like cool. that rule. <laughs> yeah, that'd be sick. Yeah. Well, you know, second round, you go in there, eight seconds. A lot of people speculate what happened. What happened exactly? This is the funny thing. In round one, um, come, actually coming into that fight with Nicole, she was a jiu-jitsu girl, right? Like super experienced in the jiu-jitsu world. Um, but I looked at her previous fights and she actually won a fight by a head kick knockout. Hmm. And... You know, I said to my team and my dad, I was like, 
mm, she might want to strike with me, you know. She might feel like she's on my level of striking and she might throw a few kicks. And um, so in the lead up to that fight, I was catching a lot of kicks in sparring. Mm -hmm. I was just catch, sweep, catch. But that's that has come from Muay Thai. So even if you look at like my old Muay Thai fights, I've always been a kick catcher. I love catching kicks. I love countering off them or sweeping. So even before that fight, I had a feeling that she would want to kick a little bit. You know, she's a little bit taller than me. She might think she can land that head kick. Um, so I was prepared for her to kick. So in round one, she threw a kick and I caught it and I swept her. And that's when she landed flat on her back pretty hard. And the way she got up, I looked at her face and the way she got up, she was completely winded. So that did actually affect her quite a lot. In my head, I was like, sweet. If, if she if she kicks me again or she has the guts to kick me again, I'm going to sweep her again. Like So instantly after round one, I was like, she, she will not kick me again because she knows what's going to happen. Um, went back to my corner. It's so funny because, like, dad and I, we have that, you know, dad and daughter, coach and um, fighter sort of relationship. He, like, exactly what I was thinking, he said to me after round one, he said, you heard her with that sweep. If she tries to kick you again, catch the leg, take her down. But just stay up. Just take her down, let her recover and get back up. I was like, yeah, sweet. That was my plan in my head. Eight seconds into round two, she throws that kick again. Straight away, I just reacted exactly like I said I would um, to myself and what Dad said in the corner. Um, this time, when I caught the kick, instead of just sweeping the leg out from under her, I actually pushed her chest. So instead of her landing on her back, by me pushing her chest, she's flipped too far over, which is how she obviously got concussed. Wow, that's a great technical breakdown of what you did. So now everybody's going to be looking for that, right? They're going to be like, hey, I'm not going to get my, foot, uh, uh, I know. my kick like people, caught. Yeah, like people ask me all the time, they're like, how, how did how did that happen? Like, how did she get knocked out by that sweep? And I'm like, okay, look at the first round. Look mm -hmm. at that sweep. That was just a leg sweep. She landed on her back. Second time, you can clearly see I push her over and that just mm -hmm. takes her way too far over and she hits her head. Yeah, that, that highlight, it somewhat went viral throughout the, the MMA world. And, you know, did you feel the effects of that? Like people watching that highlight? Um, I remember straight after the fight, it just kept getting reshared and like the views went crazy and people were saying like there was headlines like um, first ever kick sweep knockout in MMA history. And I was like, I didn't really think about it like that. I was like, to me, that is normal in Muay Thai. Do you know what I mean? Like to me, I'm like Muay Thai fighters do that all the time. But obviously in this MMA world, People don't do that. So it was very new for them to see that. Um, so, yeah, I kind of thought, oh, that's so cool. And then just moved on with my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, now you move on to Eternal MMA 52, March 7th. You're taking on uh, Rhiannon Thompson. She's probably yeah. the most experienced girl you're facing in MMA. She's faced a lot of pretty big names in, in the she past. Uh, other yeah. than that, what does she bring that's new to you? Um, it's hard because you have to be ready for anything. And I personally am always ready for anything that my opponent 
throws at me. I know that she's, I think, a purple belt in jiu-jitsu. And so she's got that background. And I think I think she's a well round like a well-rounded mm. MMA fighter, though. I've seen a, like a couple of her previous fights and she's a good striker as well. So I do feel like she will bring me a, a bit of a striking match, which I'm super keen for. Like, I remember after my last fight, I said to my dad and my manager, I was like, get me a girl that will like strike with me. Like I, yeah. I want to punch for punch sort of thing, you know, like um, I really dig that. So I'm, I'm fully expecting her to start on the feet and start strong on the feet. Um, and I think, you know, after round one, she might go back to her corner and maybe change her game plan if she's not having much success in the striking battle, um, which I, I just don't think she will. Like, I I fully respect her um, skills, though. Like, I've seen her fight and the girls she's fought are just, you know, a couple of them have been in the UFC and still are in the UFC. So there's no doubt that she'll bring a new level of toughness um, for me, you know, with that experience behind her. Um, but it's nothing I'm, I'm not used to or haven't dealt with before. She's been out for over two years, which I think is similar to your last opponent. So going back and watching her previous fights, it, it, it helps, but it doesn't help, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, you know, I always go back and look at their previous fights. And then it was same with Nicole. And in my head, I'm like, okay, this is what she did three years ago well I think the last fight I might have seen of Rhiannon's was three years ago mm. so people change and yeah. it take it, it's normally quicker than three years you know what I mean like three years you can be a totally different fighter so I fully respect that um and I'm I'm ready for a tough fight bring a tough fight like I want to fight so I'm super keen there's a there's a cloud of mystery surrounding your next opponent somewhat because she's not like really active on social media and she's not like out there she's probably just in her gym training for you which is yeah I, I like that aspect do you kind of like that where it's like hey I don't really know nothing about her except for these little small things but that's old now I'm just gonna face a new opponent yeah exactly I mean I I don't really look into that sort of stuff too much. I, I'm a fighter that like worries about myself. If you know what I mean. I think mm. if you if you worry too much about what your opponent's going to do on the night and how they're prepping and why aren't they posting and like if you worry about that, then that's so much less time that you have to worry about your own prep and your own. Um, do you know what I mean? So mm. I'm very like as much as. I will do my homework on my opponents always. I think that that's very important. Um, I That's it. That's like a closed book and my fight camp's my fight camp and I'm all in. Wade from Momentum. I was watching your uh, your vlogs and uh, I saw Wade from Momentum, your strength and conditioning coach, and he's been with you for a long time. You know yeah. What keeps you going back to him? What keeps you loyal to him and his techniques? He is... Wade has so much knowledge and I think that that's it. Like every session I do with him, he he teaches me something new about my body, about my energy systems, about, you know, what we're going to do for your next fight to make you that much more dangerous. Like 
that's why I keep going back to him because it's always fresh and it's so sports specific. And I've been with him for like almost five and a half years now. So um, a really long time when you think about it, like a lot of, I see a lot of um, fighters wait until they get to the UFC or until they get to get signed to get an SNC coach or start bumping their training up. And I just think like you're missing out on, you're missing out on the point and like it takes time. Do you know what I mean? Like I am the fighter I am today because of the years of work I've put in. So um, I, I went away after my last loss. So my last loss was obviously in Muay Thai and it was five, like five and a half years ago. And I fought this girl at 62 kilos. So in Muay Thai, I used to fight a lot heavier. I just didn't cut weight. Like I tried to build my body up. So, you know, as I was growing, I wasn't messing with my hormones. Um, and I fought this girl and she was so huge. Like we got in there and I was like, holy shit. Like she was massive. And it was a five round fight. And I lost by split points decision. Like it was a really close fight. Round four, my bra broke, my sports bra, just like snapped in half. So the rest of the fight, didn't have a shirt or anything. I was like holding it up with one hand or one glove and like fighting with one arm and both legs. Like, so the last round, I think if that didn't happen, I really could have won that fight. But I walked out of it, obviously because I lost, I was devastated. But I walked out of it and the first thing my dad said to me was, we got to get you stronger. Like, we, we just got to get you stronger. And I was 16. Like, I was 16 years old. And he took me across, dad took me across the road to Wade. He was at a different premises at the time. We sat down, had a consult, started S&C, and the rest is history. And I haven't <laughs> lost a fight since, so. <laughs> yeah, you got to keep the team intact, yeah. right? Um, yeah. Now, for, for this camp, where have you been getting your sparring rounds? I know you you work with your dad, you know, as yeah. as he's your coach, but of course you got to get some bodies in there. So this camp, I actually changed gyms. I left the gym and I started at a fresh gym. Um, it hasn't really been fresh though because this gym that I'm at now full time, I've actually been but it has been my sparring gym for since my MMA debut. So for over a year, um, and that's Puma um, under Vince Perry. So I started my sparring sessions at Puma January last year, so just before my um, May debut. And every Tuesday and Thursday, I would go down there and I would spar the boys, Reese McLaren, Hawani, um, Tom Taylor, um, all of those guys that, you know, are around the same weight as me. And the, it was epic. Like, I loved going there to spar. It was hard but like I got so much out of it and also I would go there for wrestling as well because Vince and um, Reese was the head coach for wrestling sessions so I'd go there um, and then just this fight camp I have left um, the gym I used to go to for BJJ which was combat CMBT um, left them and have moved full time to Puma so I did that right at the start of this camp and to like to be a hundred percent honest with you i've never felt so ready for a fight and i 
think it 100% comes down to, like you said, having the bodies for sparring. The BJJ work that I've been getting is next to none. Um, over the last 10 weeks, I've just learnt so much. Like every session, my brain's just like, can I possibly learn like any more? And it, it just gets better and better. So um, this camp has definitely been one of my best because of that. And the sparring is just on another level. Like I've been working a lot with Reese this camp. Um, he's been in the gym every day. He doesn't have a fight coming up yet, but he has been there every day. He has been helping me with my BJJ. Um, he's the wrestling coach. We Vince um, coaches um, our striking sessions and our sparring sessions, and Reese is the guy that's in there shark tanking me. Do you know what I mean? So I've got Reese and Hawani just in and out, rotating out while I'm in Shark Tank, and. I, I don't know about you, but I don't – you can't get much better than um, having those bodies to spar. Mm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm walking into this fight so ready. That's that's for sure. Yeah, definitely uh, having someone like Reese McLaren trying to, you know, strangle you will def will get you better no matter dude, what, right? Dude, <laughs> I mean, well, I've, I've, yeah. I've had some sessions that I just – walk outside and I've just got tears. Like, I'm just like, oh, my God. But, like, it's so mm. good because mm. I know it makes me stronger. And mm. there's there's nothing bad about showing your emotions, and that's something I've 100% learned through transitioning from Muay Thai to MMA. Like, it's fucking hard, and it's going to be hard mm. if you're always, like, you're always getting better, so it's always going to get harder. Do you know what I mean? And accepting that, and letting my emotions just do their thing has really helped me um, over the last year. So, yeah, no, you don't get much better than those guys at Puma, that's for sure. So could we see your first submission win in this upcoming fight? You never know, right? You never know. And you know what? I'm so open to the idea. Um you know, I really back my strength on the ground and um, I think it's done, it's shown in my previous MMA fights. Um, you, you're going to have to try really hard to like get me down because the work we, the work I do in training, you know, defending takedowns, the amount of wool work that I do with the guys and you know, like it, it's going to, it always comes out in the fight because that's the work I do. So um, yeah, you never know. We could definitely see a submission. Definitely. Now, uh, one last thing before I let you go. Uh, in the next Eternal uh, event, which is before mm -hmm. your fight, uh, there's a flyweight fight on there between Casey O'Neill and Caitlin McEwen. Um, yeah. It's a big fight, I think, for the division. And you've, I don't know if you've said that you're interested in, in this fight, but I want to know your thoughts on who you think will win this fight. So... Personally, I believe that Caitlin might win. Mm -hmm. I've seen Caitlin fight, and she did fight one of my last opponents, and she armbarred her mm -hmm. in the first round. She seems to be winning by armbars every fight. Um, she she looks like a super strong opponent. So, um, I personally think Caitlin will win, but it's like any fighter; they have their strengths. You know, they have something that they're always going to go to. But, you know, if they haven't covered the whole of another 
kind of aspect of the game, then that could that can be um, shown out in the fight. So I'd go for Caitlin, but like you said, it's a big fight for the division. And I did say I'd fight the winner. Um, but I actually, it's so funny because I saw your interview with Casey. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> I was just like, you know what? I'm I'm that fighter that, like, I don't have to put people down to build myself mm. up. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. I don't have to bag someone else's fight experience or who, who they've fought to make myself feel better. And I think that's what she kind of did in that interview. And, like, I was – I expected it from her. Like, she can think what she wants to think. And, and we both know what would happen if we fought. So – Let's just put that on the table. But I've just got bigger, I've got way bigger things going on right now. So it's not something that, if it happens, cool. But um, I know that it's not a forward step that would propel me to where I want to go. Let's just say that everybody's watching everybody. And people mm -hmm. know, you know, who is the best girls out there in australia and and I, you know you and casey are up there you know what i mean it's, it's no 100%. secret and caitlin yeah. is up there too so 100%. you guys are gonna be you guys like, are gonna be watching each other and and wanting to beat each other it's just natural for yeah. you're in the fight business 100 percent. and like the other thing is like like she's coming to my division like this is my division this is my weight class so you know like her fight with Caitlin, I think, is the toughest fight that she's ever been matched with, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. um, not just because it's going to be a heavier, like at 57, but just because Caitlin's a good opponent. So um, we'll see what happens. But, yeah, I mean, if she wants to move to flyweight permanently, you're going to have to fight me. <laughs> all right. Well, before all that happens, March 7th, Eternal MMA, mm -hmm. 52 Gold Coast, Australia. That's your stomping grounds. Chelsea, yeah. always appreciate the time. And, uh, of course, good luck on the fight. And good Thank luck on you. everything that you're doing. Because if you do follow your Instagram, you're just content off just content 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 you're always doing something uh yeah it's always fun chatting with you and uh yeah we'll speak again in the future thank you so much thank you so much john that was awesome 